Well, God bless you. Welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life radio program. We are going to be in Mark chapter 4 today, and we're going to look into what causes us to be a success in God. Heavenly Father, we bless you today. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. Hallelujah, Father. We trust the Holy Spirit uh, to help us to deliver accurately uh, the word of truth. Father God, and, and we bless every hearer of this broadcast. In Jesus' name, bless them, Father God. Give them ears to hear and a heart to understand. And we pray this in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Praise God. We're in Mark chapter 4, and we're going to read the first 20 verses. And we're going to look into uh, this passage, a parable of the Lord concerning the sower, sowing the word. And in this parable, Jesus is speaking to us concerning how to be a success in God. Hallelujah. Now, there may be some within the sound of my voice that you feel like you're a failure. You tried ministry and just couldn't get through it, got disturbed, got impatient uh, and fell out. Well, I'm telling you today that if God has called you into the work of the gospel, which he has, he's called every one of us, every born again believer, he's called into the work of the ministry. Amen. It's just a matter of finding our place. And when we find our place, uh, if we'll put into practice what Jesus teaches in this parable, we will be a success in God. Hallelujah. Amen. So Mark chapter four, beginning in verse one, let's begin. And he began to teach again by the sea and such a very great multitude gathered to him that he got into a boat in the sea and sat down and the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables and was saying to them in his teaching, listen to this, behold, the sower went out to sow. Now I want to stop right here for just a moment. Notice that the multitude was great. Jesus, in order to, for his uh, voice uh, to be broadcast to where all could hear him, he got out into, uh, he got into a boat and launched out a little way from shore. And so the sound of his voice um, hitting the water and, and, and being propelled by uh, the, the, uh, the water, then uh, all of the multitude could hear what he was saying. Praise God. Hallelujah. But now with this great crowd, notice what Jesus taught. He taught them how to be a success in God. Amen. Verse three again. Listen to this. Behold, the sower went out to sow. And it came about that as he was sowing, some seed fell beside the road and the birds came and ate it up. I want you to know something right now. God wants you to be a success in him. He's called you to be a success in him. He has laid everything at your feet and my and my feet. Amen. In order for us to be a success, we can be a success in God. Amen. It's just a matter of uh, uh, it's just a matter of finding our place in him and know that when we find our place in him and 
and we trust him and put into practice what he is saying right here in this parable, we will be a success in him. Now, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're an apostle. It doesn't matter if you're a prophet. It doesn't matter if you're called to be an evangelist or a pastor or a teacher or helps ministry or an administrator. It doesn't matter what God has called you, whether it be prophecy or giving or administration or teaching or mercy, whatever it is. Amen. God has a place for you. He's called you to a certain place. And sometimes that's going to be the only place in your entire lifetime that you're going to serve him. But you were and are going to be a success. Now, he may move you from place to place. And when I say from place to place, I'm talking about from calling to calling, from gift uh, to gift. Amen. But I'm telling you, putting this into practice will cause you to be a success in your Christian life. All right, now let's pick up reading again. And it came about that as he was sowing, some seed fell beside the road and the birds came and ate it up. Verse 5, and other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depths of soil. And after the sun had risen, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. And other seeds fell into the good soil, and as they grew up and increased, they yielded a crop and produced thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold. Verse 9, and he was saying, he who hath ears to hear, let him hear. And as soon as he was alone, his followers, along with the twelve. Now, see, this proves, verse 10, that uh, there was more than just twelve apostles, the twelve disciples of the Lamb the 12 apostles of the man uh, of the lamb rather uh, were following the lord jesus he had many many disciples many followers we know that back in john chapter 6 when the 70 uh, went turned their backs on jesus and would walk with him no more that was 70 disciples amen that walked away jesus <laughs> lost about 9 tenths of his congregation just in one sermon so if you're a pastor out there and, and your congregation has been cut in half, uh, listen, don't be concerned. If you know where you're supposed to be, if pastoring is your calling, then you just stay with it. God's going to make you a success. Amen. Praise God. And there may be somebody out there, there may be some of you out there, you're a pastor or you're a teacher or you're, uh, you know, involved in some measure with the, with the church and, and uh, there used to be a grace on you, but that grace is not on you anymore. Well, it could be it's time for a change. Maybe God is calling you to another work. But now you've got to find that out for yourself. But I'm telling you, wherever God has called you, wherever he has placed you, He's automatically called you to be a success in whatever calling that you're in. So find that place. Amen. And then by grace, God will cause you to be a success in that place. All right. Verse eight. And other seeds fell into good soil and they grew up and increased and they yielded a crop and produced 30, 60 and 100 fold. And he was saying, he who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Now, let me go ahead and stop and say this. Many of you are teaching Sunday school and you're getting tired of it. But that doesn't mean that that's God working in you. 
Maybe it just requires of you a deeper consecration. Maybe there, there needs to be in you a mini revival, a refreshing, a renewing that comes from the presence of God. That comes through prayer and fasting. One thing that I have learned and one thing that was taught me is that if there is an anointing upon a particular ministry and that anointing wanes, if we will pray and if we have to add some fasting, that anointing will come back. Amen. That's just that's just God's ways. That's that's the way he keeps us totally dependent upon him. Amen. And if we will be totally dependent upon him and, and upon the spirit and do and be in the place that God has called us to be. Amen. We will stay refreshed. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, even Jesus got tired from ministry. Even he tried to get away and work to a place where nobody knew him so he could rest. And there are times where we need to get away to be refreshed. But I'm telling you, God has called you to be a success in this life when it comes to the ministry. Verse nine again, and as and he was saying, he who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Now, as soon as he was alone, his followers, along with the twelve, began asking him about the parables. And he was saying to them, to you has been given the mystery of the kingdom of God. See, this is a mystery. But God is unfolding this mystery before us. Hallelujah. But those who are outside get everything in parables in order that while seeing they may see and not perceive and while hearing they may hear and not understand lest they return and be forgiven. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? And how will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. And these are the ones who are beside the road where the word is sown. And when they hear immediately, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. And in a similar way, these are the ones on whom seed was sown on the rocky places, who when they hear the word immediately receive it with joy and have no firm root in themselves, but are only temporary. Then when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones on whom seed was sown among the thorns. These are the ones who have heard the word. And the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things enter in and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. And those are the ones on whom seed was sown on good soil. And they hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30, 60 and a hundred fold. So we're going to go through this parable and we're going to look at it for just a few moments. Amen. Now, notice at the very beginning of the parable, the sower sows the word. That is your responsibility. That is my responsibility. It's our responsibility to sow the seed of the word of God. In other words, to sow uh, the gospel. So whatever calling we're in, whatever position that we're in, whatever gift that we're in, the ultimate goal is that gift is to sow the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So here we are. 
We are the evangels. We are the evangelists. And we're going forth to sow the word of God. But I want you to notice that there are four different kinds of reactions to the sowing of the word. Hallelujah. Now, your pastor or a preacher or an evangelist, he's sowing the word. And we are those, we are the soils that are going to receive the word of God. How are we going to receive the word? Well, Jesus uh, points this out to us. There's uh, four different kinds of soils. First off, there's the wayside soil. Now, the wayside soil, they just absolutely reject the gospel. Uh, they don't want to hear it. Uh, they want the gospel to have no place at all in their heart. They reject the word of God. So Satan can, can come and take away the gospel that was sown in their heart. But for those who have not rejected the gospel, those who were taught the word of God, even those who listened. Amen. That word is still buried in their heart. Maybe uh, young people uh, as, as children uh, are taught by their mama and daddy about the word of the gospel. Amen. And they're, in their youth, they're taught the word of God. Well, they haven't necessarily acted upon the word, but that word is still in them. That word will talk to them. Train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he's old, he'll not depart from it. Why? Because uh, the word of God is going to talk to him. It may get down to the most dire need, the most dire hour, the darkest hour of their life. And they begin crying out to God for help. Well, you know what's going to come up out of them? That word that was taught them many years ago. So mamas and daddies, if you've got a wayward child, maybe a wayward daughter or a wayward son, don't give up on them. Don't throw up your hands and quit. You taught them the word when they were young. They haven't rejected that word, even though they're walking in a way that you would not want. That, that's not the will of God. Still continue to lift their names up before the Lord. Because the scripture says, train up a child in the way that he or she shall go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. Praise God. Hallelujah. So Satan, yes, he can take the way of the word that was sown in their heart. He can take away the gospel message from the heart of people who reject it. As long as a person doesn't reject the gospel. And I'm going to switch gears. I'm going to talk about the calling of God. Maybe some of you within the sound of my voice, uh, you, you've been called since you were a child. Maybe like me, you were called as a teenager. But you said in your heart, now, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do what I want to do. You see, but God knows your heart. He puts a hunger in your heart. And God will move still. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. And he can change that disobedience to, a, to obedience in just a New York second. Praise God. Hallelujah. But for those that are determined to walk their own way and they reject the gospel out of hand and they want no place for the word of God in their heart. See, Satan can come and take away the gospel out of their heart. And he can do that, number one, because th these who reject the gospel belong to him. And a person who rejects the gospel is rejecting Christ. They're hard hearted. 
I mean, they do not want to want the gospel. And there are those in the world that are just like that. They may be hard hearted. But God can look in their heart and tell that they're crying out for help. They just haven't come to that place yet where they desire it with all that's within them. And remember what uh, Jeremiah the prophet says, you'll seek me and you will find me when you have sought for me with all of your heart. This is the reason why so many people, they get hungry for God, they cry out to God, uh, but God doesn't answer. Well, why is not God talking to me? Well, because you, you haven't sought him with all of your heart. If you're willing to lay everything down for Jesus, if you're willing to go into your prayer closet, <laughs> amen, praise God, and just with just you and the word of God, and in, in, in your heart, seek him and seek him only. I mean, you've got no plan B. You've only got one plan, plan A, and that's to hear from God, to get an answer from God. I'm telling you, God will answer your heart. He will. Back in uh, 220, I, uh, I caught COVID, the bad kind. And uh, I was going on a month long. I wasn't getting better. I was getting worse. Finally, I went to get some monoclonal antibodies, and that halted the spread of the infection, but it didn't cure it. My daughter, who's a nurse, she was concerned. The, the uh, nurse practitioner was concerned. There's a lot of people concerned. They could see I was going down. And I knew I wasn't getting healed. I mean, I was spending time, extra time listening to preaching. I was spending extra time in the word. I was praying as much as I could, but I wasn't getting better. I was getting worse. And there came this desperation in my heart. And I cried out and I said, Lord, Lord, please, I need somebody that prays with an anointing to come and lay their hands on me or call me. I need help and I need it now. Well, that night had a friend of ours. She's an anointed prayer. She called us on the phone. She says, I just feel led to come pray, pray with you over the phone. And she did. And when she did, I tell you, glory came down and heaven filled our soul. The anointing of God came into that bedroom and I knew God touched me and I knew that very moment I was getting better. And, you know, I did from that moment on. In spite of all the, the medicine I was taking, in spite of all the doctor help that I was getting, that anointed prayer, that anointing changed the entire situation. And I recovered, and I'm here today because of it. I had a friend of mine was praying for me and felt like, you know, God, the spirit of death was upon me. Well, that spirit of death was rebuked. It was broken. Well, I'm not dead. I'm alive, very much alive and out preaching the gospel today. So I know what desperation can do. And if you're at this point and you're desperate, separate yourself. Amen. Take that desperation into the presence of God with the word of God and God will do a work in your heart. I'm telling you, he will change things around. But now Jesus talks about another kind of soil. He talks about the stony soil. And this uh, and this soil is a, a faint hearted person, a person that wants the gospel. But as long as it doesn't cost them anything, 
faint-hearted because uh, he's not willing to pay the price. He's not willing to endure temp- endure a trial or to endure hardship. Notice Jesus said, when persecution and affliction arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. In other words, immediately they turn away from the gospel. Oh, it's too high price. I'm not willing to pay this. I'm, you know, I thought if I got saved, everything would get would get better. It's just gotten worse. So there's nothing. There's no truth to this. Well, of course, Satan's going to going to come and try to take away the word and heart. Of course, he's going to try to turn a new believer around. But Jesus said this, he that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. There is a call to patience. There is a call to endurance in the Christian life. And if you're in the ministry today and you've been in it for a few months or just a few years and it's become very, very hard and it's hard for you to get behind the pulpit and it's hard for you. I mean, things are not working the way that you want them to work. Hang in there. Don't wither away. Don't have a stony heart. Stay with it. Praise God. And God will show you what to do. He'll see your faithfulness. You're willing to endure hardness as a good soldier of the cross. And he'll help you. Praise God. Amen. And then there's another kind of soil. This is called the thorny soil or the thorny heart. It's a distracted heart. It's a heart that wants the gospel, but it also wants to keep the world too. A gospel, amen, with conditions. You know, going back to Mark chapter 5, I want, you, I want to read this to you, verses 34 through 40. Notice what... Uh, Jesus said, but I receive not testimony from man, but these things I say that you might be saved. He was a burning and a shining light, and you were willing for a, re- for a season to rejoice in his light. But I have greater wis- witness than that of John for the works which the Father has given me to finish, the same works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. And the Father himself which has sent me has borne witness of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his shape. And you have not the word abiding in you for whom he has sent him. You believe not search the scriptures for in them. You think you have eternal life and they are they which testify of me and ye will not come to me that you might have life. See, that's wayside soil. Doesn't matter what Jesus did. The Pharisees and the scribes were not going to believe in him. Amen. Well, you know, the stormy soil reminds us of the triumphal entry. Remember that crowd rejoicing surrounding Jesus as he entered into Jerusalem? Oh, they were singing Messianic Psalms, you know, the 118th Psalm. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Well, that was Sunday. Where were they Friday? Where were they Thursday when Jesus was arrested? Where were they Friday when they were being persecuted? They had all turned their back on Jesus and they had all deserted him. Even the 12 deserted the Lord. See, we want to serve Jesus as long as everything's going to work right. Like one lady asked me to pray for her many, many years ago. I want you to pray for me that I'll never have any more trouble with the devil. And the only way you could pray that prayer and it'd be successful is if that lady died. Because that's the only way we're not going to have trouble with the devil anymore. Die and go to heaven, praise God. Devil's not in heaven. No, a part of our lot in the Christian life is to endure persecution, affliction, and to endure testing and trial. That's part of this life. We just have to get used to it. Amen. 
Now, you, you, you may be, you know, in your former life before you were called into the ministry, you may have been very diligent, secular worker and maybe a business or maybe a company. And you never lacked for pay raises. You never lacked uh, for promotions. But since you've gotten into the ministry, uh, you're neither getting pay raises and you're certainly not getting a promotion. It's like you're just hanging in there. Well, let me tell you something. You got the principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness against you. But God will give you victory. Just like Joshua said, God will surely give us victory. Praise God. So you stay with it. You keep treading out the corn. You keep doing what you know to do. Praise God. And while you're doing it, amen, just continue to stay in the word of God. And then Thorny Heart, remember. Remember the thorny heart. That's somebody that wants the gospel, but he wants it his way. He's perfectly willing to accept and, and the gospel is appealing to him. But the cost is too high. You mean I've got to give up everything and follow you? No, I don't think I want to do that. Mark tells us in chapter 10, and when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? There's none but there's none good but one. That's God. You know, the commandments don't commit adultery, don't kill, don't steal, don't bear false witness. Do not defraud your neighbor, honor your father and mother. And the young man answered and said, Master, all these I've observed from my youth. And then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said to him, I want you to know something. God loves you. God loves you. He is beholding you and he loves you. And said to him, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have, give it to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. And then come, take up the cross and follow, take up the cross and follow me. And this young man was sad at that saying and went away grieved for he had great possessions. Oh, yeah, he wanted eternal life, but he wasn't willing to take up the cross. He wasn't willing to give up everything he had and he wasn't willing to follow Jesus. Now, there's one last soil, and that's called the good soil. And this is where you and I need to be. This is where we need to stay. This is the heart that receives the gospel, and it brings forth. Notice it receives without conditions. It's a heart that repents, gives all to Christ, becomes totally dependent upon him and him alone. And this is the soil that brings forth fruit. It's a heart that is honest and good when it comes to the word of God. It's a heart that hears the word and keeps it. It's a heart that produces. So which one do you want to be? Amen. Maybe you're having trials, tribulations. Maybe God's called you and you don't want anything to do with it. Well, you're going to stand before Jesus one day. Maybe you've got a stony heart. Maybe that heart that, uh, uh, well, you know, I, I just, the persecution affliction is too much. I just can't do it. All these things coming against you, I just can't do it. I had a better time in the world than I do today now that I've decided to serve Christ. And maybe thorny heart. Maybe the cares of life are too much for you. I'm telling you, if you're a born again believer, you can change your heart today. You can become good soil. 
but getting into the Word of God, giving all to Christ. I mean, consecrating yourself to give all to Him. Stay in the Word of God. Stay in prayer. And God will help you. He'll change your heart. He'll give you a brand new heart. Amen. Give you a vision. And at the end of that vision, there'll be victory. You'll know victory today. I want you to know victory today. Jesus wants you to know victory today. So, Heavenly Father, we come before you now in the name of Jesus. I speak to everyone within the sound of my voice, praying for them in Jesus' name, that, Lord, that whatever is standing in their way, that, Lord, determined, 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 and desperate for it to be moved, that, Lord, that they will see that they are a success in Christ because you've ordained it, Father. And we thank you for it today. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior. And I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.